Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like more information, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, if you think I'm rushing along a little bit today, I guess maybe I am. Because with the International Day for Persons with Disabilities coming up, we have a lot to cover. Have you ever uh, thought of yourself as assisting to uh, establish a, a world a Guinness World Record. Well, the Neil Squire Foundation is hoping that you will assist them in doing that on December 3rd. And I chatted with Chad Lehman from the Neil Squire Foundation, who will tell us all about how you can help. Well, hi there, Chad, and welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Devin. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what the Neil Squire Foundation is? Yes, Neil Squire has been around as an organization since 1984. And our mission is to use technology, knowledge, and passion to empower Canadians with disabilities. So how can technology really help people with disabilities remove barriers and have uh, greater inclusion in our communities? Our programs usually fall sort of four major areas. Assistive technology helps people find the right assistive devices to meet their needs so they can pursue their goals. Employment programming, we run very large employment programming in different parts of Canada, helping people with disabilities get back to school, get back to work. Digital literacy training to help people have the sort of skill to use computers, to use technology. And finally, innovation. We have an R&D department, so more than a service organization. Uh, we do research and development, bring new assistive devices to market, and conduct different research. Uh, so across some of our suite of programs, we serve about 5,000 Canadians a year. Okay. And can people apply to you individually, or do they have to be referred by an organization of some kind? Yeah, people can come individually. Uh, disability is just self-disclosure. You don't need, like, a doctor's note. It's not like a disability applications benefit where you maybe need medical documentation. It's just self-disclose that, you know, your disability um, is impeding you in some way and that you're looking for supports through one of our programs. That's it. Okay. And uh, do you cover all sorts of, all types of disabilities or just physical? I would say our expertise lies more in physical disability, but we do have people with a variety of disabilities across our program. We've done online JAWS tutoring uh, for people. We've had people with vision loss that have access to our employment programs. So I would say we're best probably known for our work in sort of physical disability, pain, agility, mobility, but the people we serve really cross the disability spectrum. Okay, terrific. And uh, I'm sorry, you said you've been around since... Neil Squire Society formed as an organization in 1984. It was named after an individual, Neil Squire, who got a car accident and broke his neck right at the C1 2 level. Very similar to uh, Chris Reeves, uh, the Superman. Yes. Uh, but before him. Uh, and so um, a family member, Bill Cameron, worked with a couple summer students, and they created a system for Neil to use Sip and Pop to access a computer. Super. And he connected them actually to a Morse code machine. So the Sip and Pop became dots and dashes. And this is very early 80s, so he was able to sort of Sip and Pop to create letters uh, using Morse code to start writing documents and controlling a computer. And then other people at the rehab hospital saw what Neil was doing and like, well, I don't need that system, but I do need help in using a computer. So really sort of opened the doors on how emerging technology at this time home computers, to really create new opportunities for people with disabilities. And of course, technology sticking around. It's continued to evolve over the years, and we're trying to continue to help close that digital divide so people with disabilities can make the most of technology to pursue their own interests. That's terrific. 
How many people would you figure that you assist in a year? Our last annual report just came out. Uh, we had over 5,400 people. Um, and we've grown a little bit outside of Canada with a couple of our programs where we're seeing the sort of need in other areas. But primarily in Canada, about 5,000 people a year. And uh, it's been a tremendous. I've been the organization for almost 20 years. I was just looking at a calendar and doing the math the other day. Wow. And uh, it's certainly grown a lot over the last, uh, especially 10 years, but over the time that I've been involved for sure. Yeah, terrific. And Neil was a Canadian or is a Canadian? Yeah, he passed away. That's why the organization has the name Neil Squire Society. Sort of, he was client number zero in terms of and kind of proof the concept how technology really helped people. But yeah, he was born in BC. He was going to the University of Victoria, and uh, when he was in the rehab hospital, he was there with Terry Fox and Rick Hansen and oh. the other sort of Canadian disability icons. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's great. And now, uh, from what I read, you folks are hoping to break uh, a, or establish a Guinness World Record. That sounds really exciting. What's that, what's that all about? Yeah, so about five years ago, we started a new program at Neil Square called Makers Making Change. It's just a new model to try to get people with disabilities assist the technology they need. By using emerging technologies such as like 3D printing or low-cost microcontrollers, you know, schools are teaching students how to 3D print phone cases and how to like program little water sensors. And the idea is like, can we teach people to, as they're learning those skills, to make assistive devices? Uh, so that program's taken off like a rocket ship for us and been very popular. Um, so the Guinness World Records a chance to try to help elevate awareness of this program and try to help give people a first step, like how can you make your own assistive devices using some emerging technologies? Uh-huh. Uh, so what's going to happen on what particular day? Can you, can you tell us the details of this? Um, yeah, gladly. Yeah, so on December 3rd, which is the United Nations Day of Persons with Disabilities, yeah. we'll talking about the number of community events going on, We'll see what those look like with COVID and pieces like that. So we want to have some that was really COVID agnostic that people could participate on regardless of the COVID restrictions where they were. Right. On December 3rd, we're asking people to help us set a new Guinness World Record for the most people to take an assistive technology lesson in 24 hours. And we're really focused on do-it-yourself assistive technology in this lesson. So on that day, what people need to do is go to AT. World Record, AT short for Assistive Technology, atworldrecord.com. Free to sign up. Um, you, you log into the class, and it's a half-hour lesson, mostly uh, video content of uh, different people with disabilities that benefit from this model. We teach a little bit of 3D printing. Uh, just try to help people sort of take that first step into learning how people can make different assistive devices um, using things like 3D printing or other sort of maker technology. So it's a free lesson, it's a half hour, there's a couple quizzes halfway through that should help us prove to the people who get it, that people stayed through the lesson that they got through, and pass or fail. Um, so we hope as many people as possible will join us as we sort of set this assistive technology record and help really raise the awareness of assistive technology and how it can empower people with disabilities. That's super. And I'm quite sure you've uh, asked uh, for media coverage and that sort of stuff in advance so that people find out about this? Yeah, we've been very busy on social media. We have a number of partner newsletters that are starting to go out, so it's great that other people will share this message. And we started our media outreach today in terms of trying to reach some more sort of mainstream media and people like that. But this is my first radio interview for this, so I'm very excited. Okay. Does AMI know about it? Yeah, we reached out to AMI today, but I heard back from them, but they featured some of our previous work um, okay. in the past around um, different school events that have sort of helped make the resistance of technology, some capstone students that have worked with us in building system technology for the coursework, so we think this is a great fit for AMI. Terrific. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'll, uh, I know a couple of the people there, so I'll put in a good word uh, for Kelly and, with Kelly and Company. Yeah. Um, so how uh, are you going to know 
how many people, I guess because they register with you, right? You'll know how many people uh, stayed for the presentation? That's right. So registering is sort of the first step, but I think as we all know, signing up for something on the Internet and then actually doing something, it's not going to be a perfect 100%. So uh, the way that we count people is not just the registration, but people actually log into the course and then complete that final quiz at the end. And the quiz is a multiple choice. But by completing that quiz at the end, it shows they made it through to the lesson and went through. Um, it also shows the time that the learning management system that we're using shows the time that people log in and that people complete the lesson. People need to stay in the lesson for at least 30 minutes for it to count. So we got our videos go about 31 minutes <laughs> and then a uh, couple quizzes. So it's the time in the lesson and all has to be on December 3rd, Eastern time. Okay, that's great. And it starts at uh, what time? Midnight, December 3rd, uh, Eastern time. So at 12 o'clock, you can sign in uh, and do it late at night or, you know, do it that morning cup of coffee or over a lunch break as well, um, yeah. as it works for people. And so it's any time that 24 hours, but it's definitely that 24-hour window. Okay. And... Um, are you going to have somebody from Guinness on hand, or uh, can you re report the results um, online? Yeah, so they, um, at the end of the lesson, they look at the sort of export of our data of people that went through it. Um, there are options to have an adjudicator kind of on site. They do that more in sort of face-to-face -face things. So if I was yeah. going to have, like, the most people to, you know, pack a toy for a kid with a disability right. in a workshop, then they'd have someone on site and they could kind of do the head count and sort of see how many people are involved. Whereas because it's online, they're looking for, you know, the data and the proof that people actually went through and did it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. And when do you think that you will know whether they um, have determined that you have established a world record? We should know within two business days. So as this happens on a Friday, it'll probably be mid the following week. But certainly within a week of our record attempt, we should know whether we've set a new record. We need at least 500 people to, to go through the lesson to sort of establish this as a record. And then our secret sort of hope is that someone comes along and breaks it and that it, there's this continuous sort of support of people trying to really raise awareness of this is the technology and can help people with disabilities. So open establish a record and it becomes a category and if someone wants to beat it and to sort of help further really our mission of raising awareness of how assistive technology can help people. That is super. An annual event, right, where we yeah. can all continue to kind of raise the bar. That'll be good. That'll be really good. Um, so uh, where again um, should uh, people go to, um, to register for this? Yeah, if you're listening right now, you should take out your smartphone or open a web browser and type www.at, as in assistive technology, atworldrecord.com. It's free to sign up. It's free to participate. And who can say they've been a part of a Guinness World Record? This is your chance to, to be a part of history. Exactly. That should be a, a lot of fun, to, for sure. And, and then, um, uh, you know, people can learn, as you say, a very valuable lesson. Yeah, well, when people learn not just the, the abilities of people with disabilities, especially when empowered with technology, but how people can kind of go about doing it themselves. Our, our Makers Making Change website has over 150 different assistive devices that are freely available. So anyone can start download those code, 3D print them, or we can pair you with a maker to help. Or maybe you have something that you're, you're trying to overcome and there's non-assistive device. Our program offers ways if you look at that, sort of propose a, 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 an assistive device they need and connect with volunteers in their community to help get that fabricated. So we think that um, this is a real means to an end in terms of really helping reach more people with disabilities that have various barriers and trying to help work with them to find solutions. Okay, that's great. I'm definitely going to... Uh spread the word about this as you're talking I'm thinking about oh I should send this to this one and that one and uh, um, I have a I know a fellow here he used to be a co-host of Insight Peterborough 
and um, he was looking for new ideas and how we could go about making them happen. So I'm going to send him the information about what you're doing, and maybe he'll get in touch. That'd be great. Yeah, we need uh, as many people as possible to sort of establish this and get a published with Guinness. So tell your friends uh, a fun way to sort of honor people's disabilities on the United Nations Day. Yeah, super. Well, thanks so much for sharing this information with us. And I'll be very anxious to hear how it all turns out. We'll keep you posted. Thank you so much for uh, helping us share the word and uh, helping us set a new Guinness World Record. Okay. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Thanks so Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us. Bye for now. Bye. On Saturday, December 4th, which is the day after the International Day of Disabled Persons, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, otherwise known as the AEBC, and other organizations will be presenting a conference that will be available to everyone across Canada free of charge, and it's called Breaking Barriers, Making the Invisible Visible. And the... Um, chapter of the AEBC that will be leading the way is the uh, chapter in Toronto. And uh, Christine Zanier, who is the secretary of that chapter, is here to tell us all about the conference. Well, hi there, Christine, and welcome to the program. Hi, Devin. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Now, I understand that you're the Secretary of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadian, the Toronto chapter. Can you tell us first a little bit about the organization? Sure. First, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and how I got involved with the organization. Okay. Okay, great. So I'm a disability inclusion consultant, and I've got corporate and community work experience. So I've developed and I've implemented diversity and inclusion projects in talent management for a tier one bank. And I'm certainly very passionate about disability inclusion and equity. I've been a member of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians Toronto chapter for three years. And I got involved through the Inclusive Employment Advocacy Project. And that was really about how we can break down barriers and get employers to understand the value and importance of hiring people with disabilities. I'm an active member on the executive team for the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, and I've led consultations, focus groups, conferences, and events to promote equal opportunities for people with disabilities. I've got a bachelor's degree in psychology from York University, and a certificate in human resource management from Ryerson University. So I'll tell you a little bit about Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians for those that don't know about it. It's a national nonprofit organization that's committed to increasing awareness of our rights to ensure that we can equally participate in all aspects of society. AEBC is a leader in leveling the playing field for our community. Our national membership is close to 200 members across the country. Since 1992, AEBC has participated in working groups and committees at the national, provincial, and municipal levels of government. And AEBC advocates for accessibility, equality, and the elimination of barriers in how organizations and businesses deliver products, programs, and services across Canada. There's currently three chapters and an affiliate. There is an affiliate in BC and there are three chapters. I am part of the Greater Toronto chapter. There's the Ottawa Gatineau chapter and the Halifax chapter. So that's a little bit about ABC. And for more information, you can go to blindcanadians.ca. Okay, and uh, how much does it cost to uh, uh, join the organization? 
Uh, to become a member, it's a $10 fee, or as a lifetime member, you can pay $100. And that mm -hmm. will give you lifetime membership. And uh, are there many members at large, uh, or do they all have to belong to a chapter? Um, there, there are many members, and there are members that belong to certain chapters, but they're actually involved with committees at the national level. So you can work, you can uh, be a member with the Toronto chapter, and you can have an opportunity to work with Toronto initiatives, as well as national initiatives. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity for advocacy. There's so many different uh, committees. There's transportation. There's one on um, customer service. So they're looking at um, the self-service kiosks and how they can be accessible for, for the blind and the visually challenged people. Yeah, I find that particularly difficult now that the we have COVID because nobody really wants you touching their stuff. But you have to touch it in order to be able to uh, put in your PIN number and that sort of thing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think anybody, um, you know, that gets to a certain age doesn't feel entirely comfortable with these, uh, these self-service kiosks. Yeah. And if you, if you think of an individual that has um, visual challenges, uh, you know, the barriers are even greater. Yes, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, the membership is also extended to uh, people who are deafblind as well? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, I had forgotten to say that. But yes, it's for the deafblind community as well. Yeah. So you're going to be organizing a, a conference in a celebration of the uh, United Nations International, International Day of uh, Persons with Disabilities. Can you tell us what that's um, all about and what that'll entail? Absolutely. So for our conference, um, it's Breaking Barriers, Making the Invisible Visible, and it's happening next weekend, Saturday, December 4th, from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is a virtual meeting, and it will be on Zoom, and it's also going to be on AMI. That AMI being Accessible Media, Inc. Yes. So, yes, we're going to have AMI. Um, we're going to have Joeda Gupta, who's going to be our co-host. So AMI will be broadcasting this live along with the Zoom function. Oh, good. That's terrific. And uh, what are you going to cover? Uh, do you have certain speakers planned for the uh, Absolutely. Conference? Yeah, the goal for this conference is really to spread awareness of invisible, of invisible disabilities and to talk about the impact that the pandemic has had on mental health. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, as I said, we're going to have Joeda Gupta. She's going to be our co-host. And we've got a diverse speaker lineup. And these folks have lived experience with disability. And they're going to share their stories and their experiences. Okay. We have a yeah, we have a keynote speaker and we have a guest speaker and we've got a fireside chat, a panel discussion. Oh, super. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, fill us in on who the guest speaker, the keynote speaker is, I should say? Yes, the keynote speaker is Melanie Taddeo. And I know she's spoken, I believe, for CCB. And she has written a book in 2019 called My Unforeseen Journey, Losing Sight, Gaining Vision. Melanie is a passionate advocate for inclusion, and at the age of 21, she suffered from a, a massive stroke that left her completely paralyzed on the left side of her body. Oh, dear. And she became legally blind. So after years of therapy, she's been able to gain her independence and to go on to become the first legally blind teacher to graduate in Ontario. So really? she's, gonna, 
Yeah, she's going to talk to us about her journey. She founded Connect for Life and Voices for Ability. She also does um, a V4A radio show that is based on her personal experience of the lack of programs that promote independence for people with disabilities. Uh-huh. And she's all about empowering others to achieve their dreams, despite the challenges that they face. So I'm really excited uh, to hear Melanie's keynote and, and share her experiences with us. Yeah, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. And who is the, uh, you said you had another speaker as well? Yes, we have a guest speaker, Maddie Dever. And he's, his presentation is on the language of acceptance and changing the language of autism and disability. Oh, wonderful. So, Yes, Maddie, they, them, is a non-binary wheelchair user, and he is an autistic adult, and he is a parent of five children. Wow. With three who are also on the autism spectrum. So he can really, he can really speak from his heart and from his experience. Yes, he sure can. Mm -hmm. He lives, he lives in Carlton Place, close to Ottawa. And Maddie actually advocates with the provincial and the federal government for inclusion and acceptance of autistic individuals and for autistic people who have their own voice in policy decisions. Mm -hmm. He is a a former member of the Ontario Autism Program Advisory Panel, and he's also on the board of directors of the Canadian Autism Spectrum Disorder Alliance who are one of our partners for the conference. So Maddie has, Maddie has been with us from the beginning, from the planning stages. So I'm really excited that Maddie is going to be our guest speaker. So you're hoping to have uh, a representative from uh, representatives from all types of uh, disabilities, right? Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. with this conference, it's going to be cross disability as well as intersectionality and geographic location. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to say that we have um, two, two ladies from BC joining us, one being Chantal Oaks, our, our very own AEBC member and past president of, yep. of the national organization. Mm-hmm. And she is now the president of the BC affiliate, as I understand. Uh-huh. Terrific. Yes. Yeah, yeah she so was on here not too long ago talking with us about Giving Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Chantelle is going to join us and she's going to share her experience with having low vision mm-hmm. and um, what that has meant to her. We're also going to have Amy Hutton. She is... Um, Well, Dorothy Riddle is from BC, and she is a very well-renowned speaker, and she's going to talk about how far can you walk. So so Dorothy has osteoarthritis, which is a very painful condition. Yes. And she wants to talk about how people have mobility issues, which is a complete invisible disability, because, you know, in looking at someone you would not know that they had, you know, that they had this pain and suffering that they're struggling with. Right. Yeah. Yes. And from Calgary, we have Amy Hutton. Uh And Amy is a very well-renowned speaker as well. She's going to talk about something called um, post-ovarian syndrome. And what it, yes. And what it is, is, um, when you're having children, you develop um, hair growth. It's like a hormonal imbalance that happens to you. Really? Uh-huh. Yes. And she's going to talk about that. She's also going to talk about her experience um, that she went through. She was bullied in high school and uh, how, how girls kind of react or society reacts to anybody who is different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that's Amy. And um, hailing from Windsor, Ontario, is um, Kevin McShan. 
And Kevin is really interesting because he has reinvented himself. He's an avid motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And he also, um, he has his own YouTube channel and podcast called um, something about leave it up to the challenge or let, no, let's start this conversation. That's what it's called. And it's, it's broadcast all over the world. And he talks to different speakers and leaders um, in different continents about different issues. He's also a um, journalist by trade. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to offer his perspective. He's also going to talk about how he was uh, all set to start um, an employment opportunity. And then COVID hit oh. and he, he no longer had that opportunity. So how oh. was he able to, you know, really focus his entrepreneurial talents? Yes. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward uh, to the conversation that we're going to have and really dig into why is it so difficult and awkward to talk about invisible disabilities? And, mm-hmm. and then why, why can't we talk about mental health? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. That, that should be really interesting because uh, that affects uh, a lot of people that wouldn't even want to identify yet as having have had mental illness problems. Exactly. Well, there is such a stigma around yes. mental health and, and judgment. So if, right. if somebody, you know, talks about the fact that they've had mental health challenges, um, you know, people present stereotypes and, and labels and, um, you know, the conversation is not open and it's, it's really important to be able to listen to people. Definitely. And understand their stories and understand their perspectives. You bet. And empathy, I think, is really important as well. Yes, so for I think sure. that I think the celebration is um, is going to be great. We're going to dig in and we're going to have some, you know, great conversation. We're also going to have a musician who you may know of, Devin, uh, Susanna McCleary. I, I know the name. I know. I know she plays. Uh violin or fiddle yes yeah so she's uh she's offered to be um live entertainment terrific yeah we're really thrilled with that yeah i i'm very fond of fiddle music anyway so i am really gonna look forward to that yes because there is going to be a couple of breaks being three hours we want to give people the opportunity to stretch their legs and yeah get a drink of water and all that good stuff Take their dogs out if necessary. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So when is the time? What's the timing of the conference? Okay, so it's Saturday, December 4th, which is a week Saturday. Uh-huh. From 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. Standard Time. It will be on Zoom and it will also be aired on AMI. So you can find out about it through Eventbrite. There is a link to Eventbrite. You can go to our blindcanadians.ca website. Okay. And find information there. Yeah. Yeah. The ABC Toronto chapter also has a Facebook page and we're on Twitter. Yes. So you can find us there and you can find the link. And we're also, um, you can also find me, Christine Zanier on LinkedIn I, I've posted, and I know Ontario Chamber of Commerce has, has posted the link as well. Oh, so many places to find find the event. And um, yeah, it, it promises to be um, really, really great. I think it's going to be a really great celebration. Mm-hmm. Really good discussion. Terrific. And then uh, you'll register or they'll register through Eventbrite. Is that how it works? They will register through Eventbrite. And if, um, Devin, if they have challenges, 
They can also register via abctoronto at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. And they will be registered. And what will happen is a Zoom link will be sent out to everyone. All right. That hasn't been sent out yet, eh? No, not yet. No. Okay. I just didn't want to miss it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not yeah. yet. Okay. All right. Super. Is there anything else that um, you wanted to mention about that? No, I think I, you know, I'm really excited. And I wanted to say that it's taken a village. And we started this planning. Um, I also wanted to say that this is the sixth international day of persons with disabilities that the Toronto chapter has hosted. Yes. Yes. So this is our sixth event. And we're very happy that it is virtual because we would like um, people from across Canada to participate and, and be part of it. In the past, we've, we've held it, you know, downtown Toronto mm -hmm. has restricted the, you know, our audience. Yes. Well, that would be lovely. That's one thing about this pandemic. Uh, people have gotten used to doing things virtually. And uh, I think it's made us uh, to become more inclusive, whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> because it means that everybody from across Canada can participate, which is really, really good, with a minimum of expense. Absolutely. Yeah. And is there an expense, is there a price to, uh, uh, for admission and that sort of thing? No, it is completely free. We have um, three sponsors. So we have Baker McKenzie, which is a, a global law firm. We have Ontario Chamber of Commerce and the Discoverability Network. Wow. And we have um, the Canadian Council of the Blind as our gold sponsors and our silver sponsor is trailblazers the tandem cycling club Wonderful. i also i also wanted to say that this conference as you were saying is fully inclusive and it is entirely accessible on the day we will have american sign language interpreters for those who are deaf or hard of hearing okay and there will also be real-time live captioning. Wonderful. So that people can read what is being said. Absolutely. So yeah. we want to make sure that everyone commu can communicate in yeah. different ways. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us about, uh, with us about this, Christine. I, I'm, for one, I'm very excited about it and I uh, plan to be there. Devin, thank you so much for having me. If you're looking for a fun way to spend the early part of a Tuesday evening, the fundraising committee of the Toronto chapter of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians has just the ticket. Linda Spinney is the vice president of the chapter, as well as the chair of their fundraising committee. And Wendy Holm is the co-chair of the fundraising committee. And they join us to tell us what that's all about. Well, hi there, uh, Wendy and uh, Linda, and uh, nice to have you here on the program. Hello, Devin. Thank you for having us. Yes. So, can you tell us, can one of you tell us, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Linda, uh, you're the vice president of the Toronto chapter, so can you tell us a little bit about what the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians is all about? Well, we participate in many uh, city grants and um, uh, we work with CELT, the, uh, in the what is it, uh, Canadians Centre for Independent Living Toronto? Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, 
Um, we're working with them uh, on an ambassador program for COVID-19. And we just finished a project uh, about uh, three or four months ago with the City of Toronto. We were working on another COVID-19 project. We, our job was to uh, find um, disabled or, you know, dis yeah, disabled people um, who had barriers that were created from COVID-19. For example, an iPhone would keep a lot of people in touch with Zoom meetings or announcements that are being, you know, uh, passed around. And our job was to find those who didn't have any iPhones and who would like one. It would help keep them in touch with the community. Oh, super. That's a really good idea. So where yes. did you get the iPhones from? We bought them uh, um, from a used, uh, well, an independent iPhone uh, company or cell phone company. Ah. We bought uh, secondhand phones and also bought a couple of laptops to help those who didn't have any or needed one for emails or communicating with uh, the public or even for personal use yeah. and couldn't afford it. It's almost uh, a necessity to have some connection with the internet these days, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. I'd be lost without it. Oh, me too. Yeah. Wendy, did you have anything more you wanted to uh, add about what AEBC or is or does or whatever? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I like AEBC. Um, they help um, advocate for improvement and enhancements for products and services for people with sight disabilities. And it takes a lot of work yes. <laughs> in advocacy. I'm learning that now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And just like um, products and services such as the accessible terminals, uh, the tap machines or the tap debit cards, I am pretty sure I think ABC were involved in that and they were running um, workshops um, with uh, business and corporation to help them understand what accessible accessibility means for people with sight disabilities and disability too, to also um, help uh, improve in our daily life. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of that kind of uh, it tends to take up money, uh, doesn't it? And that's where you folks come in because you're both on the fundraising committee and uh, of, of the Toronto chapter anyway. And you've got something uh, fun um, coming up as well uh, to suit the holiday season. Who would like to, to tell me about that? We do have a trivia night coming up and our theme is the holidays. And uh, we plan to uh, have a few prizes and door prizes as well, uh, and hopefully um, get lots of people to attend. So everyone out there, sign up. Sign up now. It's December 7th, Tuesday evening from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Wendy? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Linda has summed it all up, and I just want to add that uh, we were focused uh, this time on our trivia event as a season's greeting to hopefully uh, engage with the multicultural uh, community to come and just come out, have fun, and enjoy the social events, not just uh, just for the fun and games, but also to connect with the community uh, in diverse groups, um, with their friends and family, even bring out their pets. I don't care. <laughs> they can join too. I don't mind. <laughs> the more the merrier. Yeah. yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. Well, my guide dog uh, will be there. Aw, <laughs> that's so cute. Is yeah. he going to be wearing a Santa hat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, so we um, had kept it pretty much open. Uh, we is it, a, it is a team of four people. Ah, okay. And we do have um, volunteer team captains to help navigate with uh, the questions and the screen readers um, and doing the recording. So 
participants would just have to just sit in, answer the questions, and have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Are most of your prizes gift certificates and that sort of thing so that you can send them across Canada if you need to? Uh, yes, we have half and half, 50-50, because okay. uh, some prizes uh, still can be mailed that, you know, won't cost us very much. Yeah. And uh, they're nice prizes, so I, I like to make sure everybody, you know, get what they deserve. Yeah, terrific. Yes. And um, it, you say yeah, it's going to be on December 7th? And, yes. Um, um are there any particular categories that people should bone up on just so that uh, uh, they have uh, some idea or will it be a total surprise? No, the, the theme is the holidays. And yeah. like Wendy said, we like to try to uh, uh, catch everyone out there in the various you know, disabilities, national uh, nationalities and uh, ethnic backgrounds, whatever. I'm not sure how to say that properly, but yeah. any, anyway, uh, and, and teams. You can form your own team. Uh, you can just sign up. The cost is $10 per person, and uh, we put you on a team if you're not, you know, if you don't have your own. Yeah. And we've had a few, a couple of teams uh, who have already signed up. Good. I have my own team. This year, or this time, I plan to play. The last time we did this in June, I did not play. I was part of the team who organized and did the, you know, background admin work. Oh, yes. So this time I want to have some fun and play. Well, good. Good for you. Yes. That's great. Uh, so, and, and this can be... People getting involved can be anybody across Canada? Yep. Yes. Yes, it'll be over Zoom. Yeah, all right. And Eventbrite. Okay. All right. Yep. So do we have to go to Eventbrite to uh, to sign up? Uh, you can, or you can just call me. Uh, we've sent out a flyer uh, with the registration information and my email and phone number if uh, people want to join. You, d you do have to register with me so I can put you on a team or register your own team. Oh, yeah. Okay. And is there a deadline for registration? Well, we do have an early bird prize if oh. people sign up before December 1st. Really? Yes. So and not too far away. No, so we're hoping that encourages people to sign up quicker. Yeah, or sooner. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yet, there is a deadline. Uh, it will be Sunday evening, December fifth. Okay. Uh, midnight, because we need the Monday and Tuesday to for last minute touch ups, and you know. Right. Make sure everything goes smoothly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, um, can I give your your email and that sort of stuff uh, over the air so that uh, people can register? Yes, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Linda with a Y dot spinny S like in Sam P is in Peter I N N E Y at gmail dot com. All right. Well, that sounds really simple. Um, Wendy, is there anything else that uh, I we should be touching on? Um, Linda says everything. <laughs> I think she got the whole email memorized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely, um, we do encourage everybody to come out. Uh, if you have friends and family, bring your pets. Uh, we want to engage with the multicultural diverse groups to come out and. Um, you can pick your own team name too, so it's customizable. Oh. We do have our own, like Star Shooters and Snow Angels, but if you think you can come up with a even more um, uh, uh, creative one, something like Jingle Cats, you never know. <laughs> then, you never know. Then come, then come forth. We don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> but it does. It does have to match with the uh, theme of yeah, the, the holiday of the holiday. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. 
Okay, uh, sounds good. All right, well, thank you both for uh, being with me and chatting uh, with me about this because, uh, you know, to take a break from all the shopping and everything else that is associated with the holiday season, it'll be nice to uh, have some fun as well. Yes, yes definitely. Okay. And um, so can people, how do people get the money to you? Maybe that's a good question to ask. Uh, for those who can do EMTs, which is an e-transfer, you just send it to accounting at blindcanadians.ca. Okay. Yep, and just mention in the little message box that this is for the um, fundraising trivia, the holiday trivia that we're running. All right. Yep. How much are you, do you have a goal set that you're hoping to raise? Um, yeah, we're, we are hoping to raise probably like 250 or $500. Um, the other proceeds, yeah, other proceeds is actually going towards a creative writing contest that we will be held, holding in January, February. Oh, really? Yeah. And we w want to give back to the community, um, encourage people to write, uh, do creative writing about, uh, maybe challenges, barriers with people with a uh, sight disability. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. I hope everybody else finds it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a way to air your beef, uh, at least, if that's what you want to do. If you mm -hmm. have an opinion that you want to express, that will definitely be a, a way to do it. Well, we're kind of looking, too, for people who are living with various barriers uh, for the visible or invisible, you know, disability. Yeah that it's expressed in their creative writing and just not complaints either. Happy or funny stories we're looking for as well, you know. And there's going to be two categories, uh, ages 14 to 18, and then the second category will be 19 and older. And uh, okay. that will be announced in the new year. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe... At that point, we can get together and have a chat about that and uh, find out what the dates are. Yes, definitely. Look forward to it. Good. Terrific. Well, thank you, ladies, very much for doing this with me. And uh, happy holidays if I'm not talking to you again. But I hope to be able to uh, uh, join one of the teams and have a little bit of fun at the same time. Well, thank you for having us on your show, and and we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. And with that, we'll tie the ribbons on another edition of Insight Peterborough. Thanks so much for joining me, and I hope to see you next week. Until then, have a good week. Bye for now. <laughs>